It's better. You know, it's, it'd be like carrying a Bible and all you have is the Old Testament or all you have is the New Testament. You, you, want, you want the full book. <laughs> so, and, uh, and our oldest son, Paul, was glad that he was able to work it out and be here with us. But you all understand sometimes when your children get into college and they're working and my, you, you're just juggling schedules to try to keep everything together in <laughs> one page, you know, you're, but we just thank God for it. And uh, so I, I, we love you and we just want the Lord just to have his way. I'm so glad to meet Brother Madiba and... Uh, I certainly believe with all my heart, you know, our pathways cross, all of us, and God has things work just for a moment and a time. I, you know, I just in my heart today as I was praying for the service, I always think back to where when God sent Abraham and he said to Abraham that you would be blessed and you would be a blessing. So it goes back and forth. And I, my heart's prayer is that Lord, help me to get out of the way. So that however that I'm to be a blessing, I can be a blessing. But help me to be sensitive to how you also want to bless me. Because our paths have not crossed in vain. This is a predestinated moment. Just like every vision that you think the prophet would speak of. There were different people. Some people were sitting in a rocking chair. Some were here. There were different people. But every vision had certain things, certain people in it. And I believe we're, we're in a moment. Amen. And may God help us just in every part in our being right now, just to be in that place that what God wants to fulfill in this moment will be fulfilled. Amen. So we love you in the Lord. And uh, we just um, want to just turn our attention to the word of the Lord. If you wouldn't mind standing just for a few moments with us. And... Uh, If we could, let's just ask the Lord and just just go to him in a word of prayer. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, as we just come before your throne, Lord, of grace and mercy, Lord, in this hour, Lord. Father, we are standing, Lord, in need of you, Lord, this evening, O God. Lord, not only Lord is hearer, but speaker also, Lord. May you just help us, Lord, together as one unit just to be able to step aside that, Lord, what you desire to achieve, what you've purposed, Lord, for this weekend, Lord, it might be just another little part, Lord, coming together, Lord, for the will of God to be done among us and in our lives, Lord. We just give ourselves to you and just ask that, Lord, if there's anything that we have said or done, Lord, that, Father, even unbeknownst to us, we ask that you would forgive us, Lord. May you just have full preeminence, Lord, and Father, through every heart and every mind that's here, give strength, Lord, to even our bodies, Lord, knowing many have labored through the day, Lord, and those that are not able to be with us, Lord, are, Lord, feeling, Lord, a little sick in their body. May you just, Lord, minister to every need in a very special way, Lord. We love you and we thank you now, Lord, in the precious name of Jesus Christ, amen. Amen. If you would turn with me into the book of Psalms, and I have just two places I want to read from there. <clears throat> and Psalms, I'm sorry, Psalms 100. Okay. 
And we just want to read, beginning in verse 1. <clears throat> and I want you to notice that this, this psalm itself is actually noted as a psalm of thanksgiving. And I would say that if there's a, a people upon the face of the earth yes. that have a right to be thankful, yes. we do. You know, and the prophet himself, when he would take that message in visible union and he would speak on what a real thanksgiving is, we realize we're approaching in this country where we live in that in a few weeks, that's, that's what it'll be. Uh, and it's a memorial of what that event where they came uh, here for, to be able to worship freely. But a real thanksgiving is where we can really worship freely, where we've been made free in Christ. So we want to look at this in verse 1, a psalm of praise. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Now, there's, there's a meaning to it. I, I don't want to just go through every scripture, but there's a meaning to it. So it's not just, it's not just a noise, but it's a reaction to what God himself is making known. And because a joyful noise isn't just something we, we, we utter here, but a joyful noise is even our walk, our life, and how we conduct our life. Because you or I may not be the most vocal person in the world, but joy itself is an atmosphere that radiates from a soul that has been redeemed. So make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness and come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us and not we ourselves. And say amen to that. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. And into his courts with praise. Amen. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. And his truth endureth to all generations. Amen. One more place in the scripture in Psalms 118. 118 and just three verses and we'll let you be seated. I want to just... <clears throat> Begin at verse 22, Psalms 118. The scripture says, The stone which the builders refused is become the headstone of the corner. This is the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day which the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. So I'd like to just speak uh, a thought here this evening on the purpose of this house. The purpose of this house. May God bless you and bless the reading of the word as you're being seated. You know, when Brother John had, uh, and certainly uh, brothers and ministering brothers will know this, sometimes when you, uh, the Lord presses on your heart to come, uh, when you're invited Sometimes there's things that God will drop on your heart, and then there's other times that God's given you the unction to go, but you don't know what, you don't know what you're going to speak. And we're always in that place to where that however God wants to change everything, if there's anything that needs to be moved around, we're, 
We're just to be used as instruments. But there in July it was when Brother John, um, when he had spoke to me about coming, as soon as he had, he had asked and I began to pray, this is exactly what struck my heart in this, this thought, the purpose of this house. And so we don't only want to look at this, the beautiful building that the Lord has given you, but we want to look at this house. Because eventually this, this house, you know, uh, we're, 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 not expen we're not planning on spending a long time here. We're planning on leaving. And even here as we're dwelling in this, this house, this is just temporary. But we, we already have reservations. Amen. We have reservations. So I want to just look at that just for a moment when we think of it. Uh, it's been mentioned here about <clears throat> anniversary and you know anniversary itself we uh, speak and think of anniversaries when it comes to uh, many different events a lot of, very commonly it's referred to in times of a, a wedding and but yet an anniversary itself just in its is, is an element of time that marks a passing of a year from when a certain event has transpired that's why when someone they keep they say you know for like my wife and I by the grace of God, this past August 1st, we've been married 25 years. So that, that 25th anniversary marks 25 years ago on October 1st in 1998. That's where we uh, tied the knot. So it's an anniversary. It's a memorial of something that you, you come back to. And so I, I certainly believe this is your, I think as Brother John said it, this is your second year anniversary. So I, I think that when we look at it, that uh, and an anniversary itself, I want to say it's truly an achievement. It's an achievement. Uh, it's an, a, you know, a compilation of many different days. And within the days you think about it, uh, there's good days and there's bad days. There's days that it seems like that, my, everything is effortless and you're walking on clouds. And then there's other days where you really have to press. But regardless, all of that makes up a year, a space of time, and an anniversary. And it's all a testimony of an achievement because in reality, even when you, if you looked at statistics and other things of churches and things like that, when you consider that you're here, you are still standing, it's a miracle. You recall that when Brother Branham himself, when he laid that cornerstone, exactly what the people said in that day, they told him, it'll be no time, it'll be turned into a garage. You see, but God had other plans. And what's important is, is that we've heard from God, and so we listen to God's voice. And then, it, then it's something that we can say, it's a miracle in how that we're standing. And I want to say to you here tonight, myself as well, it's a miracle as we're standing right here. In our right mind. Victorious, living in the hour that we're living in. It's nothing short of a paradox. For what God has brought us through in the past year, even through this week, it's a miracle as we're standing here. A miracle is not just something that is just, you know, uh, something we throw our hands up and it's a, a fly by night. But it's, it's definitely a miracle is something that comes from God himself when all things have been ordered correctly. So even in the times that we don't feel God, but yet our lives being ordered into his own plan, then it only makes way for the miracle to happen. Amen. 
So we want to thank God for this. This is a reason and a time of thanksgiving that we have here in this anniversary to rejoice in His goodness, His mercy, and the enduring truth that's brought liberty to our lives. That we can stand as trophies of God's grace. And I think that within this, you know, that our Brother Brandon would place it when he speaks to the little group there in Prescott in Power of Transformation, and he's speaking to them regarding with Leo and Jean and how things were that, you know, they were making tapes. But Brother Bram said God had something more for them. And he brings it down to showing that he says in this, in order for this to happen, it takes guidance of the Holy Spirit to guide a little group together like this and keep them together in harmony and unity and still clinging to the message. It takes more because men can gather men together, and that can be very temporary. But when God gathers his people together for a specific purpose, then it is God that is obligating himself. Truly, every one of us, from, from the pastor to everyone, you have obligated yourself to the vision that God has, has, has projected across your life, even here in this local assembly. But when that vision has come, it's come from God. And when it comes from God, God is saying, I'm obligated to my word. I'm obligated to stand by it. I'm obligated to fulfill my word. What a comfort that is to guide you and I, to keep us in a place of harmony and unity. I tell you what, that, that's a lot of work. But God rolls up his sleeve and he works right along with us. The Bible said, fear not, little flock. Brother Brandon would remind the people right there in that gathering. He says, look, he says, God's not, God's not so much, he said, in quantity. God's interested in quality. Because he said the Ephesian church only had 12 people in it. So God's not, and see, that's the thing. When I, I look at this within the message of the hour, it brings it down to what the real emphasis is. The emphasis is not about numbers. The emphasis is about Christ in you. That, that's the objective of the message of the hour is that a relationship is established between God and his people. That's why the ministry even laboring as they do because they don't want, it isn't, it isn't you and the pastor and then God, but it's to labor so that, so that not only that, that in your life, in my life, that we're out of the way so it's Christ in plain view and it's us uniting with Christ and Christ having his own way in our lives. That's the whole purpose. It's not about a man or lifting up a man. And I, I want to just say it like this. I praise God that we can be beyond the days of just looking to one man. And I'm not talking about the messenger. I'm talking about personalities. To where we recognize, as Brother John said, we're hearing the voice of God. And we even, even of all of the differences, but yet to recognize that it's God who is speaking. And so when we can see it's not about, it's not about quantity, it's about quality. And I, I think of even, you know, with, with young people sometimes when they, uh, different ones even when we sometimes have transitions in lives, we can come into a place and we don't have the quantity of time with the Lord as maybe we had at another time. But yet what's important is, is the quality. 
I witnessed in my own life when I was going to college of how that, you know, there were times that, you know, I was going between come home and going to a class, then come home and study and then go to a class. And so, you know, back in the days we had tape players, and if anybody needs to know what that is, you know, young people... <laughs> But, you know, you, it might take me a, a while as far as if I you leave a certain tape in the car, like Restoration of the Bride Tree. That's over three hours. I mean, you're going you're gonna to take some time, you know, going back and forth. But, you know, it was the little bits of time. And that wasn't the only time of listening. But what I'm saying is I didn't have maybe the longevity or the quantity of time, but it's the quality of time that you have. And so don't ever let the enemy beat you up about quantity. It's quality. The prophet said God did more in five minutes for Moses than 40 years. So we're not against spending time with the Lord, but it's also to understand it's quality. And God's not just confined to our prayer closet. He's not confined to the church, but you, you yourself are the tabernacle of the living God. As the prophet said, God goes to church in you. Hallelujah. Oh my. So here when we think of this, that this, 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 this quality is where it's surrendered lives. As the prophet would say it like this, he said, it, it's, it's lives that are completely surrendered to God. And God can do more with that 12 than with the rest of the world. It's the surrender we have. That's the whole thing that, that it's continually worked on, the surrender. Because where the truth of the gospel, I think this is a very important statement. He said where the truth of the gospel not only goes from the platform, but finds its bed in the hearts of the people and reacts back. That's, this is when we're looking at the purpose of this house. The, not only the purpose of this house, that this would be a place that where the word of God could go forth. Lives, experience, deliverance, salvation, healing. They receive that, that deposit of the Holy Spirit. But it's also this house. There's a reacting back to the truth, to what God has spoken. Then our lives become ignited by his presence, by his word. And we're moved into action for that word to be fulfilled through us. <laughs> so we think of that anniversary, and I think back to the feast of the Lord, and how that we would look at in, uh, in Leviticus 23, God would speak to Israel, and he would say, concerning the feast of the Lord in Leviticus 23 two, which you shall proclaim to be holy convocations, even these are my feast. So, a time, when we look at this, a time of anniversary, it's a moment to reflect. That's what it's really about. In this age, we're living in an age, and I say it's been down through time. I just, I personally feel like it's even greater in this hour that there, that there is less and less reflection. I think there's more deflection. I think the thing that we can understand that when we are privileged to take the word and allow the word to examine our lives. It's not that God is against us. God is for us. And that's the whole purpose of reflection. It's amazing sometimes. And I, I really believe at times it's just like a veil. It's a situation that can, can come about to where we're looking. And in our minds we have this image maybe of who we are. And we're not allowing the word to really examine is that truly being projected in our life? 
I don't believe the word has come to put us down. I believe the word is come, as the prophet said, to point out where our weak places are, but that's not the dwelling and to, and to guide us to where we need to be. This is a rapturing message. It's not a message that has come to put us down. It's a message that's come to lift us up that we might walk where we are ordained to walk. You may not feel worthy, but the word has said you're worthy. And yielding to that word, that word will come and it will cleanse you. It will guide you. It will direct every part of your life to where everything is in line that you might walk freely. It's a quickening power that's working in our lives. So this, this has been brought together. This whole anniversary, Israel would have feasts. They would have memorials. You know, as we said, these these are feasts, and these were milestones that uh, would be uh, for Israel to reflect on the goodness of the Lord. It was also in how that he had delivered them, sustained them, and would also bring them to their final resting place. It's much like that of communion. When we come together in communion, the Lord Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. And he says... As you do this, you do sure the Lord's death till he come. In other words, we are standing as living representatives, not just when we physically take communion, but in every day of our life that there has come an atonement. There has come one that has settled the debt. There has come a kinsman. There has come one to meet all that is needed. And my life has been changed. And I am a witness of his coming because he has come to me, come in me. And I am waiting for his physical coming. So it's all a memorial anniversary. Even us coming together as we are here tonight. You realize this itself is an anniversary. And one of these days, one of these, I'll say, moments will be the final time that we come together. It's, it's very much so this is a rehearsal of the rapture. We're here tonight because of, and I'm sure there's probably many of you that have sacrificed things that said Friday night you could be doing this. And I'm not necessarily talking about pleasure. Perhaps there's things around your home and other things that you could look at and say, this needs to be tended to. But you're here tonight. You've made a sacrifice. You've laid that aside. And I say, God bless you. May God bless you richly. May God grant to you the very desires of your heart. So these are memorials of of the presence of God. And God would instruct Israel when you keep these memorials, how they were to be kept. Remember, God just didn't want them going through motions. But it was something that was to be with a a passion in their heart. It was that which, where that revelation that was given in that moment would be moving them. It gave them a fervency, a passion. And look, let me just say it like this. To serve God with a passion doesn't mean that you have to be the individual walking around and you can finish this chapter and you can finish this quote. That's not what it's about. It's a life that's passionate to the will of God. It's a life that God himself is residing in, a life that God is directing, a life that God can correct, and a life that says, Lord, above all things, I want your will, even when it's going against my will, my desires. I want your will more, Lord. 
That's keeping the feast of the Lord in a faithful, passionate way. And through the way that they would keep it, I hope this is all right. As they would keep this, uh, this feast, it would, remember God said there would be through this, your sons would ask, what means this? So there had to be a significant something that would just, you know, not just, oh, why are you doing this? But it's something that would resonate in the hearts of the children. And I'm just saying it like this. Oh, I believe there should be such a resolute. You might say, Brother Samuel, my children aren't here. But here's what's important. The prophet was asked the question, what do I do in order to win my loved ones? He said, be loyal to what you believe. I hope this is all right. When they're having a family outing on Sunday, if it conflicts with church, I'm going to stand loyal. Why? Because I am standing with a purpose. When they come to that place and God has dealt with their life, there's got to be a place that they can come to and say, Mom and Dad value God above everything else. Then there's a confidence. That's okay. I can get on the plane tomorrow. (laughs) Amen. You love me? You love him? So here in that, he would ask the question, what what mean you by these things? So I want to just think just for a moment as we think about the goodness of the Lord. The Bible said, know ye the Lord that he is God. There's testimonies of a living God right among us. Miracles that God has done. And let me say this. The greatest miracle there is, is when God takes a life and transforms that life. That's the greatest miracle. And sure, God does, he still does miracles. God still is a God who performs in signs and wonders. But I think of the goodness of the Lord in that how the prophet would just draw our attention like this in the message, the rapture. And he was speaking of how he says, so many times you are hearing brethren saying a message of the hour. And Brother Brown said, what they're getting at is the promise that God has made for that hour. Because the term message is not an unscriptural term. For me, it was a miracle. Then the same God that did it for me, he'll do it for them. He'll do it for others. He'll change my husband's heart. He'll change my wife's heart. But the Samuel, how do I do that? Don't try to order them. Make sure your life is in order and it invites the presence of God. Because it was that that took place on Mount Carmel that had an effect on those 7,000 who lacked sufficient courage. Your loyalty, your steadfastness in beholding to the purpose of Almighty God, it has an effect. Even when you don't seem like or feel like there's any effect of anything going on. But it's your faithfulness, your loyalness that invites the fire of God to move down in situations in your home. Situations in your life on the job. Well, the boss is treating me this way. The boss is acting like this. The boss is doing this. That's a test. Sometimes we expend our energies 
trying to focus on how wrong other people are. They shouldn't have done this. They shouldn't have done that. They shouldn't have done this. But God permits things to come along our life to temper our character, to see are we holding to earthly things. Earthly things are not just drinking, smoking, and running around. Sometimes the earthly things are the ways that we've been taught indirectly how to address situations and handle problems or respond when we don't get our way. I don't want to hold to earthly things if I'm reserved and called to heavenly places that I want to know that he is God. The same God that come down and bring a change and a transformation in my life. Can't that same God give me overcoming grace in areas of my life where maybe I can look at it and say, I've fallen here, I've fallen here, but God, by your grace, I'm going to overcome, Lord. Time to me to die a little bit more. Why? That's the purpose of this house. Is that Jesus Christ might be made known. Think of God's grace coming to your life and my life. As, as God related it here in the scripture. To where when David found favor. I like how this is worded. When he found favor with God. The favor that he had found with God. A burden dropped in his heart. To build a tabernacle for God. So when you say, do I have favor with God? Examine, is there a desire in your heart for God? A desire for more of God. That's finding favor with God. Because it's not just about being around a church or a group of people. But now the favor, the favor, it's the unmerited grace of God that moves down in your life that would even cause you and why you would be here tonight. Because there is a part in your life unfulfilled and only God can fulfill that part. I want to just think he don't dwell. I'm just trying to move through a couple of the scriptures. God doesn't dwell in temples that's made with hands. He doesn't dwell in buildings that's made with hands. Heaven is my throne. Earth is my footstool. What house will you build with me? What house will you build me? Think of it. David himself. David received this burden. Is that right? And when he received this burden, Nathan came to David and said, David, do all that's in your heart. Because Nathan knew that God is with him. And Brother Bram said, in other words, what Nathan was saying to David is, is whatever God has revealed to you, carry it out. To fulfill that word. But David, remember, David wasn't able in himself to do it. I think how fitting. There's things that God reveals to you and I, and we can try in our oh, mind. We're, we're trying to bring it to pass. It doesn't mean it hadn't been revealed. But when God reveals it, remember his presence comes, and the revelation is to bring rest. That we rest in his presence. Rest in him and let God bring forth his word in our life. It's yielding to him. Amen. So David, you know, when God told David, David, you're not going to be able to do it. You know, you're a bloody man. You wars and so forth. But Solomon, your son, David didn't say, if I can't do it, then I ain't going to do nothing with it. 
if I can't, if I can't be the one doing this, I don't want, well, I'm not going to do nothing. But here David showed that revelation had struck his heart. The favor of God to where David said, okay, I'm not the one that's going to build it, but this revelation is still true. I am going to lay up all the material and make preparation because this word is going to come to pass. Let me say it like this. There's been many that's went on home to be with the Lord that have been looking for the coming of the Lord and for the rapture. And let me just say it like this. Many of the mighty, faithful warriors of God that in their time have not been selfish, but have given and have labored, just like you are tonight. Labored for what? Laying and making preparation that if the coming of the Lord should be a hundred years from now, our lives will not be a hindrance, but a stepping stone to the next generation to take a step higher, a step closer to Almighty God because we're not living this based on ourselves. It's Christ that we want to see glorified. Hallelujah. And this is why that it comes down into our own lives. This is why that in our own lives. I like how Brother Ram says it. He says that in your life, God laid that foundation stone in you before the foundation of the world. That foundation stone is that predestinated seed. You might, some of this uh, terminology, I don't know, maybe there's someone here tonight that's a little new. But nobody's new to a cell phone. Right? Nobody's new to a cell phone. So inside of a cell phone, you have a SIM card. And that SIM card has written on it certain numbers and things that are identified to a certain network. If you take that SIM card out, I don't care how beautiful your phone looks on the outside, your phone will not work. But even though you've got a SIM card, that SIM card must be activated. Now, you see my fat fingers. One time I had a phone and I had to put in a SIM card and I had trouble. I mean, it was, it was bad. Because those things are so small. And you had to put it in there so you know it sticks. And then the guy wanted me to take it out and read the numbers. Boy, read the numbers on it. So I had to read in the numbers. Then you put it back in the phone. But see, what it is, is what I did was read what was on the SIM card. When I read what was on it, he was punching it in in another location. And as soon as that went into the network, can I say it this way? My phone got baptized into the network. I then was able to receive visions. I was able to receive phone calls, texts, and everything through that network. And that's the same way with the seed of God in your life. It's like the SIM card in your phone. You know, our phones might be very nice, but you take the SIM card out, the phone is useless. And that's the way it is with the seed of God. That's the foundation stone. That is the temple not made with hands. That's what God is working on, and that's what God comes to dwell in. And build upon that. Build upon that. So it's God building his house. God building his program. Oh my. To where that the Bible would call us the house of God, the church of the living God, the pillar and the ground of truth. And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. Oh my. 
He will go on to say in 1 Peter 2.4. Everybody okay? To whom I said, I'm going to go this way. I'm going to make this decision. I'm going to take this job. I'm going to do this. And here we are coming and setting in his presence. And the chief shepherd goes right down through our life. And he reaches down and guides us in that moment of transition. Because faithful is he that called you. God is faithful to keep his word. Hallelujah. He gathers you and I together. I want you to understand this, and I, I'm not going to lay too much on this one tonight, but just to take this and put this here in your pocket here. You're his achievement. You are the crowning achievement of the living God. God himself come down, become flesh, in order to bring you and I to himself in a relationship. It's God working, God achieving, God moving in our lives. And this purpose, you're a chosen generation. A royal priesthood. You want to talk about pedigree? This is your pedigree. And holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Remember, this doesn't have to do with anything where I, I, I don't think I you know, would be good at explaining this, explaining this. Your life speaks volumes. Your life speaks volumes. The testimony in your life. I mean, how that God would allow a prophet to take there of an apple tree. And that, and take an apple tree that this man has seen day, day after day after day in his life. And be able to preach a sermon. Of what he saw. And that man would see Christ. Revealed right there. And surrender his life. It's our life. It's reaching out. To others. Sometimes you know. It's not even in the ways that we. Go about things or say things. Sometimes there's been. There was a situation of a. Of a couple. An individual that. Well about uh, nine years ago. They came over to. They came over to our home. Matter of fact, it was probably like 12 years ago when they first had come. They weren't coming to church. They had been around at different fellowships and gatherings we had. But at times when the brother would come to church, uh, you know, they, they would come. And my, you could just seem just weeping. Now, the sister, she had been raised in the message. But this brother hadn't, had not been around it. But the thing of it is, is that here he comes to that place and he says, you know, he says, I... I want to know God in that way. But before that moment came, Brother Ken, they came over to the house. Now, they weren't coming to the church. But you know what? I looked at an opportunity when God had given us opportunity. I said, hey, y'all want to come over for dinner? They came over for dinner. Brother Samuel, what did you do? Did you have everything lined up? No. I said, let's see what God will do. So we, all, we, we, we talked about that night. You know, I, I didn't read one scripture. I didn't read one quote. But the things that I expressed in that night that God led me is I would say, the Lord led us. The Lord said. The Lord guided us here. 
Just that moment. And it wasn't until like a year later to where that he surrendered his heart to the Lord. But that was a witness. So I want you to understand, don't let the enemy intimidate you because of this. You have your part in the body. And it's a vital, important part. My, I, I, need, I, need, I want to get down to a place here. Remember, this is about his purpose. I don't mean to rush, but I want to get to this point. It's about his purpose. There's many things in the scriptures that were called according to his purpose. So it's not our purpose, then God's purpose. Just like as you heard Brother John say that one time as I was, I was a teacher. I wasn't a teacher and then served God. I served God and part of my serving God, that just happened to be a part that God would use to provide for my life. But that was not, that was not what my life was wrapped around. You realize, and I know I'm speaking to the veterans here tonight, but just to encourage us to reflect because sometimes you know how it is even between husband and wife. You're living in the same house, but you're so busy. That you're sitting at the same table, sleeping in the same bed, around the same people, and yet have not had a meaningful conversation. I'm not, I'm not putting anything down. Because sometimes the cares of life, sometimes the busyness of life, and we come to a place where we say, my, I'm just tired. I'm just, I'm weary. I'm tired. Right? But God, how that those things, God comes around to bring a renewing and a refreshing in our lives. A repurposing and as we reflect on the purpose that wait a minute this is not about me it's his purpose I'm called according to his purpose on and on we could go in the scriptures but I want to come into this place right here tonight and just 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 coast down from here just to realize as we're fit fitly framed together because with the purpose of Almighty God how God has brought us and assembled us together As we recognize God's purpose, there's decisions we make based on his purpose. One of the parts when you look within the purpose of God, as Paul says, according to his eternal purpose, we've been called according, not according to our works, but according to his purpose and calling. That word purpose is the same word when it's used right there as the showbread, which is the bread of his face, the bread of his presence. So what it is, is looking in and it's seeing the purpose of God. See, we don't, we don't find purpose from the outside world. The world does not define who you are because the world's in a mess of confusion right now. You find your purpose in Christ. It's that because with the shoe bread is that which set 12 of them. They set. They were dedicated on the Sabbath. It would be put on a pure table, pure frankincense, which spoke of service. And the following Sabbath, they themselves, the priests, would take it and eat that shoe bread. Why? It had become consecrated at that moment. And so the purpose of God is unfolded to you and I as we're looking into the Word of God. I know sometimes there might be services where it seems like or times we're reading and it don't seem like things are all coming together. But don't get antsy. Just keep looking into the perfect law of liberty. Because the purpose of God is continually, it's being ripened and made known to you and I. And it affects the decisions in our lives. How many know Abraham? Abraham made some decisions. And I'm sure Abraham made some decisions that he really didn't want to show up 
And it didn't in the New Testament. It didn't make it through the blood. But God allowed it to be written in the Old Testament to help you and I. So that you and I could see the unconditional covenant that's been ministered by unconditional love. Why? Because even in the times where our decisions, we've made wrong decisions. And the only time we make a wrong decision is when we get our eyes off of him. Brother Samuel, how could I get my eyes off of him if we get our eyes on our feelings? And when we're not our eyes on our thoughts and we're not checking it with the word? And I'm not talking about just one quote, but I'm talking about the full counsel. Is that all right? My, 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 my. I, I just want to move to this place. We read this in the opening part of the scripture. It was the stone that was rejected. It was disallowed by the builders, but it became the head of the corner. And this is the Lord's doing. And it's marvelous in our own eyes. Think of these stones being put together. And as I come to a close, think of in your life, my life, peculiar stones, odd stones, different stones. Stones, But yet every one of these stones that went into Solomon's temple, they were cut out in their own native country. And when they came together from this country, from this country, from this country, they came right together. Because the same inspiration was on this cutter, this cutter, this cutter, this cutter. It was the same inspiration under the same vision. So when it came together, it all fit perfectly. And yet, every stone was so unique, or how the prophet would put it, odd. And you know, we're all different. I mean, we, you know, brethren, those ministers, we all, we all study different. We all minister different. It's just, they see, just as much as God has that there, it's the same way with each of our lives. If God wanted us all to be alike, he'd have made us all to be alike. Right? If everybody would have had perfect heads, then we, if nobody would have hair. At least that's what I was told in the back room. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> but we're different, aren't we? It's just, like, it just like this. You know, this particular brother may worship different from this particular brother. This sister may worship different from this sister. It's no different. It's worship. It's the Holy Spirit that's moving us in our peculiarities. I tell you, friends, listen... I, you know, I've been in places, and you know what? It may not be, you know, where people are standing and shouting and so forth, but it's the, it's the liberty of the Holy Spirit for the Word to go forth in lives. Because remember, it's not just the truth going from the platform, but the reaction coming back is a life that's lived to the glory of God even beyond the walls. I mean, God didn't, you know, God didn't expect you to be like me or me to be like you. 
When I, when I played football, you know, my dad said, my, how I would, how I responded football. Somebody else made the tackle. Man, I was, you know, I was, hey, all right, because we're a team. So, you know, I, I blocked and they scored. All right. I mean, because you could go over, I'd go over and catch your breath. You know, hey, we're on the same team. You know, we're winning. And, you know, God, and my, my dad said, man, he said, I trust, he said, you're that same way when God gets a hold of your life. I tell you what, there's nothing more that excites me than to see God working in people's lives. And God works through your life in such a way that, Brother Mark, he doesn't want to be in you like he is in Brother Samuel. But he wants to be Brother Mark the way he will be Brother Mark. He wants to be Brother Steve the way he will be Brother Steve. He wants to be in you. So you might say, well, I'm not as vocal as somebody else. That doesn't make you any less of a Christian. Even our peculiarities are strange, as the prophet put it, our strange and our odd way of acting. You know, the scripture called it the manifold wisdom of God. You know, it is when you plant your flowers. I, I, I like doing things with landscaping. You plant your red roses, then you put a, a bush that variegates it, maybe a dogwood, a variegated dogwood with the green and the white leaves, and it accents the red, and they complement. God brings us all together to complement one another. God assembles a body of believers. This is just an, it's an anniversary. It's a time to reflect that, hey, this is the Lord's doing. It's not us. It's not man that has brought it together. It's God. It's God leading. It's God directing. It's God assembling our lives. How are we assembled? By the revealing of the word, the Holy Spirit in this hour. For what purpose? That he might be glorified. So through the entirety, I, we just have to stop here tonight, but through the entirety of it, think about this dedication in our lives. Dedication. I think Brother Brown comes to the end of that in the message, dedication that he preaches there in Elizabethtown, Kentucky. And he says, I want to rededicate my life. I don't know about you, but I, I feel that way. As the word comes forth in a service, and challenges my heart, moves upon my life. It isn't always in correction, but there's just, you see the goodness of God speaking to our hearts. You can see God in His grace as He comes along and makes His love known to you and I that He hasn't given up on you. God hasn't given up. God's still working. God's still dealing. God has a purpose. He has an expected end for your life. What must I do? Just be dedicated to his voice. The purpose that God has called you for. And when Enoch, the Bible said Enoch walked with God. The very word Enoch means dedicated. Dedicated. You know, the Bible said he walked with God. When troubles came, he walked with God. When situations came up in the home, he walked with God. When situations came up in the church, he walked with God. You know, Brother Brown tells us that Enoch being a prophet, God made him aware, I'm going to take you home. And Brother Brown tells us like this, he said, and Enoch didn't want to go. He didn't want to leave behind his family. But he said in order to fulfill the righteousness of God, Enoch surrendered to it. I would dare to say that there's some things that 
God can speak to our lives that we may necessarily in our own will don't want to do. But there's a greater purpose moving in our life. But Samuel, what, what, what is that saying? Well, it's, it's taking it out of our hands and putting it in God's hands. And it's taking you and I away from a place to where we can feel as though, well, I, I, you know, I, I, I shouldn't have my own, you know, want this or I don't want this. No, no, that's just, there, there's the part of that human will that's there. Right? The Lord Jesus himself expressed that. He wrestled three different times. Nevertheless, not my will, thine will be done. He did it so we could wrestle it out. And if he had to wrestle it out, don't think we ain't going to have to wrestle it out. There's a lot of times there's things that we have to wrestle out, but with it, we walk with God. I trust that God has spoke to your hearts to reflect. This moment of anniversary is a moment to reflect. It's a moment to take inventory. It's a moment to, if we need, recalibrate it, to rededicate, to renew. Oh, God, let us rededicate our hearts and our lives. Let us just, Lord, let it be a moment that even in this anniversary service, there can be even another anniversary that, Lord, you gave me grace in this area of my life. That even in this anniversary meeting, it can become your anniversary. It can become the moment where Jesus Christ revealed himself to you personally. It can be an anniversary for you. I say, Lord, have your way. Have your way, Lord. Through every one of our lives, every bit of our peculiarities, have your way, Lord Jesus. Amen. You love him tonight. Amen. Let's just bow our heads in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, as we take a moment, Lord, as we had here tonight to reflect, I pray, Heavenly Father, that God, as you know, Lord, the hearts and the lives of each one, Lord. Your God, this is, Lord, hands that were raised throughout this building, Lord, and my hands included with them, Lord. We want a moment, Lord, uh, just to take this moment, Lord, to, in this anniversary time, to reflect, Lord. Oh, on the goodness of God, the Lord of your mercy, and how that your truth endureth, Lord. Oh, God, we see you, Lord, standing, Lord. It's your steadfastness, Lord, moving in our lives and our hearts, Lord. Now, Lord, as we've taken a few moments, Lord, and I pray that God, to be able to look in, Lord, and look in, Lord, upon your word, Lord, by the grace of God. Lord, seeing the purpose that you have for us, there's no doubt decisions, Lord, that lay before your children, Lord. Decisions to be made that, Lord, we want you to be the influence of our life. We want you, Lord, to dwell and to walk in our life, oh God. Lord, to be the center there in our homes, Lord. That, God, everything is built, Lord, Lord, around that foundation. For, Lord, when it's according to the pattern of your word, you will come. You will come. Help us, Lord, in every situation. 
Let our lives, Lord, be so fit to the pattern of God. Lord, if our attitude's out of line, let it be fit to the pattern of God. If any hearts, Lord, be out of line, let it be fit to the pattern. Oh, God, grant it, Lord. We're, Lord, we're not here because we are perfect people. We are here, Lord, because we love you, Lord. And we love you because you first loved us, Lord. And as, Lord, we've gathered together here, Lord, what grace has brought us together, Lord. Lord, I pray, God, here this evening, may you bless your children, Lord. May you grant according to every desire, Lord, that's in the hearts, Lord. May you be a time of renewal, Lord. A moment, Lord, of reflection, Lord. The grace of God that has come, Lord, to our lives. Lord, if there's one that doesn't know you, Lord, in that personal way, God, may they see just the simplicity of surrendering to you, Lord. Oh, grant it, Lord. May you just make yourself known to them, Lord. Bring them to a place, Lord, of full surrender, I pray. Grant it, Lord. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' precious name. I certainly believe God gives us the grace for all the peculiarities that we have. You know, sometimes even those pressures and things that comes and our differences, the way that we look or we see things, I think of how that when we look at one another, Brother Bram would take it there in that little group in power transformation. He would say, when things would come among you, maybe you don't see eye to eye, but he said, let us remember these times where we dwell together in the love of God. Where something what is greater and more to us, more than our jobs, more than anything else, is him. And he's the one that no matter what trouble, no matter what adversity, no matter what question, decision, as you keep your eyes on him, he'll guide you through that. He'll lead you through. He'll give you the grace to bring out of your life what He desires to bring out. He's faithful. You love Him tonight. Lord, I just want to surrender my all, Lord. Just have your way, Lord. That's your desire. Amen. Maybe we could stand together. Have your way, oh, have your way.